0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I just want to go ahead and jump right in it. So if you are ready uh, for the word, um, let's jump into Luke chapter, ch- uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 38 through 42. As Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38 through 42. I'm kind of going old school tonight. I brought out my laptop. Um, Usually I have a little iPad mini, but I just kind of felt um, bringing out a bigger screen. I don't know if my eyes are getting bad or something, but I was looking at it as this, I don't know. So I wanted a bigger screen tonight to to look at my notes and to read the word. Um, So Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and it reads this. Um, I'm reading out the uh, Passion Translation, if you're wondering reads, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Now Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation that he shared. Now Martha and Mary are the sisters of a man named Lazarus, and that's the same man who Jesus would raise from the dead. And this dinner they're having is actually after Their brother Lazarus has been raised from the dead. And so this dinner is really about, uh, is really a celebration dinner of their brother Lazarus being given a second chance um, at life. And it's also a dinner thanking Jesus for what he did. And so Mary. Um, you know, the sister of Lazarus is sitting at the feet of Jesus right now, and, and this with so much thankfulness in her heart, she's just looking at the man who did the impossible, who made a dead person come alive, and she's just sitting at his feet right now, absorbing every, every revelation, and this, you know, on the edge of her being of every word that's coming out, uh, out of his mouth. And, and, but it says, but Martha, in verse 40 it says, but Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. Now, can you imagine having Jesus over for dinner? Can anybody imagine that? I mean, I don't know if you grew up like me, but whenever we had family over for Thanksgiving or Christmas, um, a lot of y'all you know, know my mom. She's one of the sweetest and most loving person, you know, in the world. But when it comes to hosting people and hosting family, she turns into a Navy SEAL drill sergeant. And I'm not kidding, like she, like whenever it's Thanksgiving and Christmas time and we're having family over, I mean, she didn't just want things clean. Like she wanted things pristine. Like she wanted it spotless. Um, she wanted things to be clean that nobody even saw, like, you know, like cleaning the top of a ceiling fan. Like, mom, nobody cares. Like nobody knows, you know. Or or I'll be like, you know, me being myself, I'll I'll try to push back, like, Mom, Aunt Jerry doesn't care what the under my bed looks like, you know, like, it doesn't, like, she's not going to check underneath my bed, but my mom, you know, she wanted everything clean, she wanted everything pristine, she wanted everything to be spotless, and it, it took me, you know, a while to realize that that wasn't really my mom trying to be stern or, you know, trying to be unreasonable, she just loved her family. And she wanted the best for her family when they visited. And she wanted excellence. And she wanted, you know, that when her family entered the house, that they felt um, like we were prepared and they felt, feels welcoming. So I can, I can kind of relate to what, what Martha was feeling because my mom would kind of do the same thing. Um, but as it continues, it says, So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself, you should tell her to get up and help me. Now, can you imagine? You know, not only you have Jesus over, but that you interrupt him in mid parable. You know, you interrupt he was probably talking about the Good Samaritan, and I don't know where Martha says, Hey, Jesus, this is unfair. You know, she's like, interrupts Jesus in, in, you know, in the middle. He was probably turning water into wine, and she's like, interrupted him, you know, and, and she interrupted him. And she she asked him, Hey, you need? Can you help me out here? I'm I'm doing all the work. I'm i I'm, I'm you know, and Mary she's not doing anything. I'm doing everything, and I'm frustrated. And I love how Jesus responded because He could have easily done what most of us probably would have done, which has been like been annoyed and like you know re, re, rebuked Martha or talked down to her. Um, but that's not how Jesus responded. He responded in verse forty one by saying, "Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled?" pulled away by all these many distractions. He says, are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. The title for tonight's message is On Tempo, But Out of Tune. On Tempo, But Out of Tune. Um, I'll explain that title Um, later. But let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity to come under one roof, to come together as a church and it's to learn more about you, Jesus. We we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise tonight. And we have no motives other than just getting closer uh, to you. So Holy Spirit, we give you free reign. Um, take over this service. Whatever you want to do, you can do it, Jesus. And um, we, we set expectation on this service that we, that Danes and that chains are going to be broken tonight, that people are going to be set free tonight, that, that we are going to be sensitive to your spirit tonight, Father. And we love you so much, Jesus. And 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 Father, I, I thank you that the NBA is coming back on July 31st, but I ask you, God, give the Houston Rockets strength in the name of Jesus so we don't embarrass ourselves in the playoffs. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Amen, amen. So um, a few years ago, or maybe a couple years ago, around Christmas time, um, and this is actually before Haley and I uh, were even dating. Um, a couple Christmas ago, Haley and Allison were offered, or, or they were asked, um, to sing some Christmas carols at a, uh, at a kitchen um, that served the elderly. And you know, um, this is before you know, Haley and I were even dating. And if you don't know if you want the context, Haley and I are now married. Um, so this is before Haley and I, thank you for a couple hand claps. <laughs> This is before Haley and I are even dating, and so she asked me if I want to play acoustic guitar and for them, and I said, sure, you know, why not, you know, um, you know I'm on the band, and you know, I haven't played on platform in a while, um, but, you know, I can play acoustic, and, you know, I'm not as good as I was in high school, but, you know, I know the basics, I can keep a tune, and I can play jingle bells, you know, it's not that hard. Um, so I said, sure, why not, and I said, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, impress Haley, you know, and at the time, we just kind of had a... We just kind of had a crush on each other, you know, this before we were dating. And so we get to um, this kitchen um, that, you know, hosted the elderly, and so there's about 40 or 50 elderly people there. And so we get there, and, and we're practicing, and, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident, um, because like I said, the you know, the, the songs are basic, the, you know, the, the the strumming's not that hard, and the notes aren't that difficult, so I was like, oh, this is not going to be a problem. So practice, practice goes really well, and, um, you know, it's, and, you know, so we're we'll, we're getting ready to go on you know we just finished practicing and everything everything went good and uh... you know we were actually following up a, a group of you know high school kids who were singing for them as well and so after they were done we go up and um, we get ready to play our song and i forget what it's called it was probably jingle bells it was some basic Christ or christmas song and so it was easy it was simple and so we get up there and what acoustic sets are, you know, if, if you don't know, it's, it's basically you know, a, acoustic guitar, a guitarist, and then two vocalists. So it really all depends on the guitarist, you know, about having this, the, the, you know, the tune and keeping the beat and, and so it was pretty simple stuff so I wasn't that, uh, you know, I was pretty confident I wasn't that worried about it. So I go up there and we're about to start, you know, we're in front of them all and I'm like, okay guys, you ready? And I do the first strum. And now I don't have the best ear for music, and it didn't sound right when I strummed, but I was like, you know, whatever. And you know, it didn't sound right. Um, and, you know, when you're doing acoustic and you and you strum, you, you set the kind of, like, like, you set the key for the to follow. Like, they need to hear the key before they can sing. And so I strum, but they're not singing. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm looking at them, and they're kind of, like, looking at me like this. I'm like, maybe something's wrong, maybe it's not. And so, like, I do it again, and then I realize that, my guitar's messed up. I'm like, what's going on? And what, what, what happened is that my guitar got out of tune, um, and somehow the knobs got messed up, you know, guitar. So between practice and the performance, which was about five minutes, somehow my guitar got out of tune. Um, and so my, my guitar was so out of tune, and so I'm looking at the girls, and they're just like looking at me like this, and all of a sudden, like, Allison breaks out laughing. I'm just like, I'm like kind of embarrassed. I'm just like, same, same. you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, try to get this along, because everybody's just looking at me, and I'm, I'm you know, it's all, my guitar is awfully out of tune, um, and, uh, and it was, it was, it got, you know, kind of embarrassing even more, because we start trying to sing, but, you know, the girls can't stop laughing, and so they're messing up, and so, we, and, and the elderly, you know, people in the room, they were so nice, they were just, had a big smiles on their face, they're like, is this part of the show? You know, like, they didn't <laughs> know, you know, they just, so, um, but long story short, it was kind of an embarrassing moment, and, um. But it, it reminded me of, the, of this story, and I kind of the title, of the reason why I, I picked it, because it reminded me of kind of like what Martha was doing. Martha was doing everything that she knew what to do. She was doing everything that, you know, she was preparing everything, but yet it seemed like, it seemed like things were going right. You know, she's working, she's getting everything together, um, she's, she's getting in the house together, she's cooking the meals, but yet she doesn't feel like, she, she, it doesn't feel like in, in tune. Martha, she was, tr- she was trying to make everything perfect. She was trying to make the, the, the environment a perfect environment, and in her pursuit of that perfection, she missed out on the whole purpose of that meal, or the whole purpose of that dinner. So this message tonight is for the person who feels like they're doing everything right, but they seem to not be able to get the results they're looking for. This, this message is, is for the spouse who is trying everything that they can do to be a good husband or wife, but as much as they do, and, and as 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 much as they as they muster to do, it seems like they, they can they can feel their their relationship, with their spouse deteriorating, and it doesn't matter what they do. You know, this this message is is for the person who is a hard worker who is is working at their peak and is doing all they can do, and yet the more they work, the further their goals get from them. This message is for those people. And With all the things going on in the the world right now, we can feel exhausted from what's going on. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of exhausted from 2020. You know, it's been a a good year, don't get me wrong, but it's been a long year, you know. Um, And it can feel like at times that we're juggling so many different things. We're juggling so many different emotions. We're juggling all these things that the, the world throws at us, and we're just trying to figure out how do we make this all work. How do we make life work? How do we make all these things that have been put on our plate, how do we make it all work? It reminds me of Martha because she's trying to get all these things done, and yet she finds herself frustrated. But I like how, how I'm going to revisit verse 41 because I love the way how Jesus answers her. And we'll take a look at it again. He answers her in, in verse 41 by saying, Martha, my beloved Martha. And you can almost sense the love and compassion that Jesus has for this woman. And he says, Why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? He says, Are they really that important? I love the I love how he uses the word pulled away or, or pulled, because isn't that what distractions do to us they pull us off course they pull us off of our direction they pull us away from from the moment from the purpose that jesus wants for us see martha was so distracted by getting everything perfect that she missed the whole purpose of what of of what the dinner was which was to spend time with jesus but she was so caught up in the details that it can remind us of our lives sometimes and that's point number one or thought number one that i have is don't let details distract you. Don't let details distract you. Because if the enemy can't destroy you, the enemy will try to distra- distract you. Amen. If the enemy knows that he can't get to you, if the enemy sees that you're covered by the blood and he knows that, that you have this protective covering over you by Jesus, if he knows that he can't destroy you, then he's going to try his best to distract you. He will try to distract us from our direction. He will try to confuse us from what our calling is and what our calling isn't. And, and, and then at the end, what, what his goal is, is for us to, be, for us to meet destruction by distraction. For us to, to find our lives in, entangled, not because of what the enemy you know, did, but because of how distracted we became. There are so many distractions thrown at us in, in today's world that, it, that it's hard to differentiate what is distraction and what is direction. Right? What, what, what is really a distraction and what's not? I mean, some of us, we can go a million miles per hour. Who knows those people who go a million miles per hour? Do you ever know those people that are non working non-stop, going a million miles per hour? But if you're not going in the right direction, you're going nowhere fast. And I think that's the problem that we have because our problem isn't ambition. Our problem isn't having drive. Our problem really isn't being consistent because when we, when we find something we can be consistent, our problem is making sure that our ambition is aimed in the right direction. That our ambition is aimed in the right direction. You see, that's why I tell my, my YAs, my young adults all the time, say, hey, before you pick that degree, before you pick that occupation you're going to chase after, you better, you better pray on it a little bit. You better make sure that you're not choosing this out of peer pressure. You better make sure that you're not choosing this degree because that's what your friends told you to do or that's what your parents told you to do. You better make sure that when you pick your direction, when you pick your aim, when you pick what the goal you're going after, you better make sure that's the goal that God wants for you right because you can find yourself right and what a lot of young people find themselves is that they're drowning in student debt because of a degree that they didn't even want that they realize that's not even right for them and that's why it's so important to notice what's distraction and what's true direction because we have ambition we want to do great things We, we want to 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 be to improve to do better But our problem usually is, is just making sure that we're aiming ourselves in the right direction because ambition without direction creates anxiety, creates restlessness, and ultimately creates exhaustion where you just want to give up. You know, when you're running and you're running and you're doing all you can do and you realize that you're running in the the wrong direction and you see how far away you have to, how far away you really are, you almost want to give up and you're exhausted and you're saying what's the point? You know, you're going in the wrong direction. That's exactly what the enemy tries to do to us. You see, we can't, don't, we can't miss our destination for the sake of details. We can't miss our destination for the sake of details. And, and there's, that's another question that I love that Jesus used in that verse when he said, are these things really that important? And he looked at, at Martha and said, are these really that important? And I believe that that wasn't a, uh, a question meant to, you know, make her feel bad. I don't believe that was a, a sarcastic question. I think that was a question that was a genuine question. Him asking, say, hey, ask yourself, are these things really that important? I think we can get lost in our lives sometimes. I think we can get lost in our routines, we can get lost in the day-to-day, and that we can get so caught up in doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff, that we totally forget to ask ourselves that question. Is if what I'm doing actually that important? You know, the enemy really wants us to not have that kind of self-awareness. You know, the enemy wants us to keep us in this place, right, where we're trapped and we don't even know it, where we're going in the wrong direction and we don't even see it where we're heading opposite of our calling, and we can't even recognize it. That's the goal of the enemy, but that's what he was trying to show Martha. He said, Martha, you got you, you got a go good heart. you got good ambition, but you got to make sure what you're doing is actually really important. So what are some questions we can ask ourselves to make sure what we're doing is important, right? What are some questions we can ask ourselves to make sure we're not contradicting or, or conflicting our, our direction or our calling, there's some questions we can ask ourselves. We can ask ourselves if this detail or if this problem or if this thing we're doing, is this worth my peace? Is this worth my joy? Is this offense that I'm dealing with, is this worth my joy? Is this uncertainty worth my peace? Is this occupation I'm doing that I'm I'm trudging to is it worth my confidence? See, that. What happens is that the more we focus on something small, the bigger it gets, right? And that's what happens with details in our lives. We could be doing 99% of the right thing and 1% of of the wrong thing or it's going wrong in our lives. But because that 99% is going right, but we're focusing on that 1%, we can make that 1% seem so big. And we forget to look around and be thankful for what God's given us. Because sometimes I need that in my life because when I see something that I'm frustrated with, that 1% that I I can't get over, that 1% that is is like a thorn in my side where I I feel like, man, God, why can't I overcome this? And I get frustrated. God always reminds me to look at the 99, right? God reminds me. Amen. God reminds me, hey, do you got breath in your lungs, right? As long as you got blood in your veins, as long as you have a right mind, as long as you can focus and as long as you can spend time with me, there isn't a point to give up, right? We're not finished, right, yeah. until that. And so I like, I as mean, we'll continue, we we'll look at verse 42. Forty-two, And this is where, you know, Jesus is, is still talking to Martha, and he's talking about Mary, and he says, Mary has discovered, in verse 42, it says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important. Now, notice he didn't say Mary discovered one of the things that most important. No, he said Mary discovered that one thing, that singular thing that is most important. And he said, by choosing, and this is powerful, by choosing to sit at my feet. I think what's so amazing about Jesus is that the choice is ours, right? The choice is ours to spend time with him or not to. The the choice is ours uh, to be distracted or or not to. At at the end of the day, the choice is ours because that's how much Jesus loves us. He says, hey, the choice is yours. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm not going to force these things. The choice is yours. And the enemy tries to convince us the complete opposite, right? The enemy tries to convince us that we have no choice, that you have to live with anxiety, that you have to live with fear. That you have to live without, that you don't even have a choice not to live with those things. But I think those are powerful words when Jesus is saying that we have the choice to sit at, sit at his feet. And he, and he ends that with this. He says, she is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. I think what Mary discovered that day at the feet of Jesus, I think Mary discovered freedom at the feet of Jesus. I think she discovered Fulfillment. At the feet of Jesus. I think she discovered what really her true purpose was at the feet of Jesus. And let me tell you something, church. Only Jesus can offer freedom to you. Amen? Only Jesus can offer fulfillment. A habit can't offer that. A new lifestyle can't offer freedom. Uh, You know, a a new diet can't offer freedom. A new job, a new car. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't offer freedom. I mean, I love self-improvement. It might be able to aid you, but self-improvement is not going to save you. Amen? In, 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 the informa- in, the infor- in, in the information age, we can get confused by all the options and opinions. I mean, who knows? Everybody nowadays, I mean, everybody has an opinion. I mean, you can like, it doesn't matter, you can try to avoid them, you can try to run away from them, but there's going to be opinions everywhere, there's going to be all these different options everywhere, I mean, that's the time and day that we live in, and there's so many opportunities for distraction that we have to make sure, and this is the second point, we have to make sure that we don't miss out on what matters, that we don't miss out on what matters, that we don't be so stressed out over the details that we miss out on our peace. That we don't be so confused by, by, by the things that are going on that we, that we miss out on our confidence, on our calling. That we don't be so worried about the unknown that we miss out on our joy. Amen. The enemy's goal is always to scam you out of, out of your blessings, to scam you out of your promises, to scam you out of the things that God wants so deeply for you. And the number one way he does that is making sure that you miss out on what actually matters, to make sure that you're too, too, too distracted, that you have too many details and options and opinions, and to make sure that we, that we don't have the self-awareness to know that we're, that we're missing out on the things that Jesus has for us. Come on, you, Hear an amen about that. It's been all good stuff. So what actually matters? What is the one important thing? What's that one thing that Jesus was talking about? It's something, you know, I ask myself, what is that one thing that he was referring to? And I think to answer that, you ask, to ask yourself another question. And the one thing or the one question that I think that we need to ask ourselves every day to make sure that we say yes to this question every day, and that is, am I closer to Jesus today than I was yesterday? Right. Am I closer to Jesus today than I was yesterday? Because here's the thing: if you are closer to Jesus, then that means you will become a better leader. If you become closer to Jesus, then that be- means you're going to become a better employee. That means you're going to become a better boss. That means you're going to be a- become a better student. Whatever it is, if you become closer to Jesus, you're going to be- become a better human. Amen. Right. Yeah. See, when I get closer to Jesus, I become less of myself and more of him. I become less of myself and more of him. Less of, less of my flesh, more of his spirit. Less of the things that's holding me down, more of the freedom that he offers. I think that's the most important thing that we need to ask ourselves every day is, have, did I grow closer to Jesus today than I did yesterday? Did I go to sleep better than the person that I woke up as? I think that's the question that we need to ask ourselves because we live in a world that needs more of Jesus, right? And the only way this world this gets more of Jesus is by us becoming and looking more like him. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen by us forcing it or us trying to save people or us trying to push our opinions on them. That's not our job. Our job is just to be a witness to the person who offers the freedom. Amen? Will you all stand up with me tonight? I'm closing. Haley, you can join me. In. So... As I was reading Luke 10, 38 through 42, it made made me realize something about Martha and Mary. It made me realize that we need both. We need both Martha and Mary, right? Because without Mary, ain't nothing going to get done. We just have a bunch of Mary sitting around. But without Mary, you know, we wouldn't get done with anything that had meaning. We wouldn't get done with anything that had purpose so how do we balance the Martha and the Mary on the inside of us because I believe there's a Martha and Mary on the inside of us inside of all of us and the question is right really and it's a question I get a lot is how do I know that I am in the will of God I mean that's the number one question I get you know Caleb how do I know I'm in the will of God What's the, you know, is there a stamp on my forehead telling me, do I wake up and I look and, you know, there's, there's a rainbow, but how do I know I'm in the will of God, you know? And it's a revelation that God gave me, you know, years ago, and I, and I share with people, and it's something that got reminded as, to me as I was reading the story. You know, how we make sure that we know when we are in the will of God is, is again, we ask ourselves a couple questions. Uh, question one, we ask ourselves, well, am I doing all I can do today? Am I, you know, am I doing all of my means? Am I making sure that I'm putting work to my faith? You know, that's the number one question. Am I, am I doing all I can do? The second question is, am I being faithful? Am I spending time with Jesus? Am I spending time in the Word? Am I spending time in prayer? And I believe that if you can ask those two or you know, answer those two questions with a yes, then congratulations, you're in the will of God. Because, see, there's a lot of people, there's, you know, a lot of Christians who are very faithful. I mean, they'll pray and read their Bible every day, but they don't do no work, you know. They they pray and ask Jesus to do something, and they say, Father, I thank you for that new job. And then they sit down, and they don't apply it anywhere. And they don't try to better themselves. And then there's people who are really good at doing hard work, who are really good at making things happen, who have really good consistency and business skills. And, you know, they've worked their way up, but, you know, they don't spend time in the Word. They just don't spend time with Jesus. And so they get things done, but, again, they don't get things done in the right direction. And, you know, that's something that, you know, Jesus shared with me. But as I read the story in Luke chapter 10, I realized that those two things, that's Martha and that's Mary, Right? Martha's the one who's going to work, and Mary's the one who's going to make sure she's at the feet of Jesus. We need both of those things. We need to make sure that, hey, I'm willing to put into work. I'm going to do all that God asks of us. I'm not going to have to sit on my hands, but also I'm going to make sure I spend time with him. Amen? Is this good stuff tonight? So I want to leave us with this thought tonight, and that's if we just keep Jesus the reason, you'll never get lost. Keep Jesus the reason, and you'll never get lost. Amen? Because I honestly believe believe that if you put Jesus first, you're never going to come in last. I honestly believe that if you just make sure that the number one goal in my day, if I have any other goals, and that's I'm going to be closer to Jesus, that I'm going to feel more of him, I'm going to spend time in the Word. If you make that goal every day, I'm I'm, going to promise you, you're going to see doors open up for you. What makes my heart ache for jesus even more is that we don't spend time with jesus you know because we deserve we spend time with jesus because he deserves it it's not about us because jesus he he put his life down on the line for us when we didn't deserve it when we were broken when we didn't deserve even a second thought but even though he he loved us so much that he put his life on the line for us and i believe that because that's a fact and who believes that that's a fact that Jesus put his life down for us because that's a fact then it should be our not just obligation but our opportunity and a must for us to spend time with him for us to get closer to him for us to make sure that each and every day and moment of the of, of, of our lives that we and the the focus that we have and the way that we can clear out distraction is saying Jesus you are the reason behind it all Jesus you are the reason I'm here amen amen so what I really want to do tonight um, I want us to sing one song you know this scene together for a little bit because I believe worship is a way to just let the Holy Spirit come down and flood our hearts but I want us to ask those questions to ourselves I want us to ask the question is of God am I being distracted right now father am I doing what is most important in your eyes father am I spending enough time with you Jesus, am I am I getting to know you better every day? I want us to be intentional with that because I'm telling you, that's exactly what the enemy doesn't want you to do. The enemy wants you to leave this place and not give it a second thought. But let's give Jesus, let's give the Holy Spirit a chance tonight. Let's worship for a little bit and then we'll close out in prayer. But as we worship, as we have seen, draw a circle around yourself and ask Jesus those questions. And I promise you it's going to answer. So let's see. Let's pray tonight and Pastor Bobby's going to close this out. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us, that you are setting us free from distractions tonight, that you are setting us free from things that are holding us back, that you are giving us a clear and a sound mind to be able to focus on the purpose that you put on the inside of us, God. We no longer want to settle for counterfeits. We no longer want to settle for for schemes for for lies from the enemy but god we want this pursue after the promises of you god the promises and the blessings that you put on the inside of us so father right now i pray over everybody under the sound of my voice that we are being encouraged by your spirit that you are setting us free from some things that you are giving us ambition for you father and that we are going to be able to be self-aware from this point on and and know that we need to spend more time with you, that we need to get in the Word more, that we need to make sure that every day that we go closer and closer to you, Jesus. Because the most important thing is for us just to sit at your feet and to soak up your spirit and to soak up your love and to soak up all the the peace that you have to offer. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done for us. And Father, we're we're going to take a step in the right direction starting tonight. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.